Welcome to our next edition of Viking Voices. And today we have another student athlete today joining us from the historical, historically great Western Washington women's rowing team, Jessica Smithland. Jessica, thank you for joining Viking Voices today. Uh, we can't wait to get to know you. Can't wait to get know about, uh, more about the rowing program here at Western and just about you and the student athlete that you are. So welcome to Viking Voices. Yeah, it's good to be here. Now, first of all, we'd like to just kind of introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from, um, what high school you attended, and then uh, what major and minor you're pursuing here at Western. Okay, so I grew up in Orny, Washington, which is a small redneck town about an hour and a half south of Seattle. Um, throughout high school, I ran cross country. Um, I was a four-year varsity runner, and I was the captain for that team for three years. I played basketball for one year and quickly realized that was not my calling in life. <laughs> and then I also ran track, um, again, four years varsity, and then I was the captain of the team for my senior year. Awesome. And you're, um, a, you're a senior here at Western right now. Um, yeah. what, what is your major and a minor, and uh, what are you pursuing? Yeah, so I'm majoring in sociology with a minor in psychology. And I'm currently in the process of applying for the Washington State Patrol. And so hopefully that all works out. Outstanding. You know, I found that out about you when I was reading the GNAC uh, Q&A. And I, my father was in the Washington State Patrol for, for 38 years in the communication wow. division. So it's a, it's a great, great, great program. Um, and I hope that you get a call back soon and you'll be going through training down in Shelton. But we'll talk a little bit more about that lately, uh, a little bit later. But, um, you know, I've had, on my, had my eye on getting a rower on this podcast um, because it's such a fantastic program and it's such a unique program. And for oh, those yeah. that don't know, um, you know, Western Rowing has won eight national titles. And, but beyond that, it's a program that is just based on so many amazing attributes. And one of them is that you all are pretty much all walk-ons. So yeah. we're going to get into that a little bit. But Tell us about how you came about joining the Western Rowing Program and what that kind of process was like. And um, when did you know you wanted to be part of it? Okay, so I, when applying for schools, I initially wanted to run cross country for Western. And I sent Coach Pee Wee a email with my times and he essentially told me I was too slow. So I was, I was a little bummed out about that one, but I knew I absolutely wanted to go to Western. So I decided to apply there and just, you know, be a regular student. And then I got an info email about the rowing team. And I essentially kind of like looked past it, didn't think anything of it. And my mom saw it and she was like, uh, why are you not going to pursue this? And it took her uh, classic line, the worst they can do is say no, to get me to at least try out. And I'm like, okay, I'll just try out. I didn't know anything of the sport. I've never rode. I didn't even, I didn't know anything about it. And so I, uh, it was the second week of my freshman year and tryouts were a week long. And the first day was a dreaded fitness test where we ran a mile and then from 100 yards, we had to do bear crawls, and then back, we had to do walking lunges, and then another mile. It was so painful, and then um, after that, we kind of slowly learned how to use the rowing machine, and all the while, all the coaches are watching us and, you know, analyzing everything we're doing, and it was, it was really stressful, and the third day, I ended up um, getting an email from Courtney asking if I wanted to be on the team, 
And it was like, until that email, I was, I was a little unsure if this is what I wanted to do. And I got the email. I'm like, yeah, I'm 100% on this team. <laughs> what, what, you hadn't rode before. You hadn't sat in a shell. What, when was the first time you actually got into a four or an eight? And I know Courtney and John Fuchs do an amazing job of kind of taking baby steps into it. But when was the first time you actually got into a shell? And what was that like? I, so it was the fourth day of tryouts that I actually got to sit in the boat. We never like pushed off the dock or anything, but we kind of learned everything about the boat and how to carry it, how to put it in the water and, uh, and just sit in it. And it was, it was so different. I've never done it before. I've never even touched or seen a boat like that in my life beforehand. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it was a lot of pressure because it's just someone who's never touched a boat before is carrying a thousand dollar piece of equipment down a driveway into into water <laughs> yeah it's pretty it's pretty neat to see how this program is built um a lot like you do have an athletic background whether it be in um there's some rowers that have been rowed in programs in high school uh, it seems like there's just a lot of cross country and track runners um but also i've seen soccer and uh, what is it that translates in those other sports especially like you with track track and cross country that just made it a good fit? It, I think it has to do with the mental battle because a lot of the sports that rowing attracts are sports that require a mental capacity to work through pain. So that's, that's really important in rowing to be able to uh, handle pain and work through it. Yeah, and well, I have a question for you that I'm going to ask you a little bit later about what it's like to row a 2K and you'll probably bring that exact thing up. But um, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're, you're part of a program that has you know, even going back before the national titles at the NCAA level just has a lot of, it's rich in history. And, mm -hmm. you know, you see the names on the side of your boats and, um, you know, the Northwest in itself is just a rowing capital, right? You got University mm -hmm. of Washington down the road. Um, just a couple of years ago, it was, it was Gonzaga, PLU, Washington State, Washington, Western. So this area is, has such a rich rowing tradition, but what is it like to be in this program to be a Viking rower and to say row Vikes? Oh, it's intimidating. <laughs> like you said earlier, we have such a, a rich history of always being in nationals and, you know, winning a lot of titles. And it's, it's really intimidating to come on at the team, you know, not knowing anything about the sport and then having to carry on that legacy of, I have to make it to nationals. I have to get the team team there otherwise I'm going to fail everybody who came before me um but it's also really prideful because like yeah I'm a part of something great and it's it's a weird dynamic of this is really intimidating but I'm super proud of myself yeah and coach I think coach Fuchs does an amazing job of just kind of living in the moment and obviously you all are proud of the history and um the championships that have been won but I think he also does a wonderful job of keeping you in the here and now and looking at the next race or the next 500 meters. And so does that play a lot into your training to not so much look at the banners up in the, up in the, you know, in the shell house, but also just to keep focus on what you have in front of you? Yeah, it's a lot of that comes from coach drilling that in us because when I came in, everybody was so hyped up because I came in at the end right after they won a national title. And here I am never rowing before just walking in and coach had to remind everybody that it's a new season. Anything can happen. Um, we're just going to focus on what we're going to do today. And 
that goes into every single day in practice, you know, right when we go into a race, it's a learning opportunity, every single race, even at like nationals, it's a learning opportunity for the next year. Um, and I think one of the things he does, which I absolutely love is at the selection show when they're announcing um, who gets to go to nationals and we see our name and all the rowers are like, yeah, we made it. And then coach is like, well, we still got a job to do. We'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> it's, like, it's so nonchalant. It's like, oh, okay. We know what to do. Well, that, that's, and, that's, that is fuzzy in a nutshell. Um, yeah. And he's been a great mentor to so many quality rowers, but also quality student athletes. So hopefully we can get him on the podcast pretty soon. I think that would, that be, would be awesome. But, um, you know, basically since you went through that walk-on process and stepped into a shell, you've been a, a key part of the Varsity 8 here. Um, yeah. how, how much pride has gone into that for you? Um, it's not easy to crack that as a freshman, but you've basically <laughs> been there the whole way. How amazing has that been and how much pride has been taken in that? Yeah, so I, I got put in the 8, I think, not even three months of learning how to row. And we came back after winter break and coach was like, Jessica, you're in the eight today, hang on. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I think being in the eight, I try not to let my pride show. I try to keep it to myself a lot. Um, a lot of that came from my dad. He told me not to, not to boast myself a lot. But also it's really important to not, you know, be so self-centered in a boat because it's such a team heavy sport. You can't row an eight all by yourself. And so a lot of my pride comes from every crew, every race, every day of practice. Yeah, well, you it's not necessarily me in the eight, it's the crew in the eight. Yeah, you know, when I got here, I, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, five years ago, I didn't know a ton about rowing. And I, it almost was like a Cliff Notes version, just seeing how much of a, a team sport it is and how much you rely on the person in front of you. Now, so much... So a lot of times you're not able to rely on anyone in the back of you because you're that powerhouse in the back, but, yeah. um, but it's pretty cool to, to, to learn about what that process. And we'll talk a little bit that, but it is a crew, right? It's uh it's all one. Yes. And you guys are all working together to get down that 2000 meter course. Um, you've been in a part of a lot of memorable races, whether it be on Lake Natoma or at nationals, do you have a favorite race so far that just sticks out in your mind that you're like, yeah, that was amazing. That has to be the 2019 and national heat race in Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know if you remember it, but we were behind three quarters of the race. In the last 500, we made our way to the front spot and we won by less than a second. It was uh, racing it. Um, you can just hear the crowd through my little blackout stage, which I'll talk about later. And it's just like, it was so... It was just awesome. Um, that whole season, we were just struggling as a crew, trying to get, you know, get together and just kind of work together, trying to like click. And right at that race, at the right moment, it clicked. And it was just awesome. And like I said, you've been to nationals, um, I believe, twice. And it would have been hopefully a third time yes. this year. Um, it's just a staple in this program. And it's almost like you're all are built for that. And that's, that's kind of, you know, the end goal is obviously to get there, but it happens a lot. How awesome is it going there? And it, it, for those listening, you know, the NCAA rowing championships are pretty unique because it's NCAA division one, division two, and division three all together at the same site. So explain the spectacle and how amazing it is to be part of that. Oh, it's a celebration from the time you step off the plane. 
um, like even even before a race, it's you're celebrating. We have this big banquet where everybody gets fed, and you know we just celebrate the season with all the rowing programs in at, in the United States. You know, and everybody deserves to be there whether they made it or not. And it's just where everybody honestly just struts their stuff. It's. <laughs> It's awesome. And you see programs that have like you dub and you see them race and you're like, wow, that's awesome. Now let's go race right after them. And it's, it's essentially just a big celebration. Yeah, it's pretty neat to watch you all. And it's, it's streamed on NCAA.com and you get to follow it and you get to see the high vis coming down the course. And we can't wait for that to happen once again. Um, you know, we did a Q&A on our website, I think it was last week or ran, one of your teammates, Carly Lant, uh, she described the emotions and the physical exertion that goes into rowing a, a, a 2K. And um, I was just blown away at how descriptive she was of it. And I just had to ask you and help us understand what you all are going through at the 500, the thousand, and most importantly, that last 500 meters. So just Give us an idea of what, you know, as a Western rower, what that, you know, time is like and what you are going through. Yeah. So let's just start off like right even before you take the first stroke, you know, your heart is beating out of your chest and you're just like trying to reassure yourself that you can do it and that you're strong enough to do it. Um, and it's scary because, you know, like, you know that what the pain's gonna be like. And then if you're a freshman, you don't know. And you know, you hear stories and you're like, oh man, I don't know if I knew this. And then, so you, the gun goes off, you know, you say go, and then you're rowing. And the first part, you know, you're just like, okay, trying to figure out your stride and your breathing. And then the 500 is when you essentially lose your breath and <laughs> you uh, find yourself forgetting to breathe. And you're just trying to like, find the rhythm and and by then you found it and you're just kind of like okay here we go we're getting into it and then the second 500 to going towards the thousand is really when the pain starts to set in and you can feel the lactic acid just kind of creep up in your legs and your back and your arms just everywhere in your entire body and it just gets, keeps getting worse and worse and worse and everything inside of you is just absolutely screaming for you to stop but everything outside of you is telling you to keep going and go harder and harder. And then, so you reach the halfway mark and usually our race plan is like kind of ignore what just happened. It's a whole new race from here to the finish. So it's a restart button once we cross the halfway line. And um, this is usually where we, uh, where, what we call the pain cave, where you're, you're, you're all into the pain and you're stuck there and you got a halfway, you got half of it left to go and everything is just throbbing it burns <laughs> and so you reach the 500 meter mark and you're just focusing on maintaining and just holding on to it and pushing yourself even further and then the sprint comes and you don't think you have anything left in you and it, should, it hurts and you're battling yourself but at this point, this is usually when I black out. I, <laughs> I usually can't see or hear anything. I'm just focusing on the person in front of me and staying in time with them and getting my, getting my crew down the line. And it's just, you're just pushing yourself so hard beyond what you think a human can push themselves through. And then 
as soon as you cross the finish line, those first two seconds of when you get told you can stop, it's just like you come back to life, you can finally breathe again, and you can succumb to that pain you just put yourself through. And it's just, and you can listen to the crowd and you can finally be a human again. <laughs> so it's, it's a whole situation. All the while that you're having to focus on your technique and mm-hmm. to work with the seven other, eight other people in your boat to go yeah. down this, you know, in competition. It's just, it seems like it's just a whole, it's just a crazy process that once you get done with it, like, it's just amazing. Yeah. It, it wears you out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know coming coming to Western, you had never rode before, and now you're a stalwart in the varsity eight. How much have you learned from your coaches, John Fuchs and Courtney Muller, about being a rower and being a Western rower? And how does that translate not only to the course, but also your trainings and being a student athlete? Um, I think we know in these walls that you have two wonderful mentors there. And you've also had some, you know, Krissa and Genevieve have helped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what have you learned from these coaches and how have they helped you? Oh man. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Coaches um, push for us to always better ourselves, whether we win or lose, you know, we can win the national title and it's just, okay. You know, how can we improve? Like we just won, you know, how much better can we get, but we're always looking to improve. And, and that's important in every aspect of life, just whether you win or fall straight on your face, you know, you're, there's always room for improvement. Yeah, they do a wonderful, wonderful job. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite times uh, every spring as I usually come out to a couple of practices and ride with Courtney or John. Um, And so help us, you know, you guys train on Lake Samish, which is just south of Bellingham. You have a boathouse at Camp Lutherwood. Oftentimes, or most of the time, your training session is about 5 to 7 a.m. I'm not, for those listening, that's not a mistake. You all (laughs) practice, you get to Lake Samish at 5 a.m. Yeah. What, what is it like when you're out there and the boats are in the water and the sun is coming up over the chuckanuts and the water is still? Paint yeah. that picture for us. Well, most of the time it's dark, wet, and cold. <laughs> but the days where it is sunny and it is clear, it's it's it reminds you of why you love to row. Uh, you just put yourself through 90% of the time you're exhausted and cold. And then these days where it's just beautiful, you're, this is why you row. And coach says it all the time. These are the days you're going to remember. And it's true. Those are the days, you know, everybody takes pictures of. Those are the days you see the pictures of. And it's, it's so peaceful. And we're out there working hard and you're at peace. And it's, it's awesome. It is a great setting. I know we have, we've shared a lot of photos, but it just seems like every time you see that, even when the, it's dark and choppy, you know, <laughs> That's where champions are made. So it's, it's a yeah. pretty special place. And uh, I can't wait to see you back out there on, on Lake Samish. Um, I got to ask you, though, the Vikings have a fleet of boats, um, Vespolis. And uh, mm-hmm. do you have a favorite that you rode in? Uh, they're all named, but do you, do you have one that you guys are a little bit smitten to? Yeah, that one's going to be the Valhalla. And I don't know if you know this, but Valhalla means it's Viking heaven. And so it's very applicable to being a Viking, um, but it's also one of our newest boats. And it recently suffered a tragedy as we blindly ran into a tree in the water. And so now it has a beautiful high-vis stripe down the middle that we were unfortunately unable to row due to COVID with it. Um, but I'm super excited to put the new stripe in the water. And uh, 
but that vote is what everybody strives to be in. It's, it's the top vote. That's awesome. And a perfect segue, you know, I got to ask you, the high viz yellow, it's become a, uh, a Western rowing calling card. Uh, even when you watch the NCAA rowing championships, um, they say there's Western in their patent high viz. Uh, <laughs> give us a story behind it. And especially at nationals of why it's so cool um, to have that kind of as your moniker. Oh man, it's, it's not something you see. It's not really professional looking and it's, it's our trademark and everybody knows it. Um, and it was a couple years before me that it was introduced. And I remember watching a national race when they first like premiered the yellow hats and you could see the commentators, they're commentating on like how well it matches with our blue boats and our unis. And um, since then, it's just been, that's what we race in, you know, and we always make sure that we have our high vis hats or our visors on. You always know where the Western boats are when you see that high vis. It's, it's pretty easy to watch and it's pretty fun to watch. So um, yeah, keep that up. I, I got to get myself one of those visors as well. Um, <laughs> I've got to ask uh, as a rowing, you know, kind of a, a rowing rookie myself, uh, have you read Boys in the Boat? No, oh, no, I've read, I'm a terrible rower. I've read the first like 10 pages. <laughs> yeah, you have to get into it, but we'll get, you know, I'm telling you, I read it this summer and it was, I couldn't put it down. So yeah. um, I always like to ask that question to a rower. There's so much history, um, especially uh, down at the University of Washington where that book was oh, based yeah. on. So I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to follow up to you and make sure that you, you read that because <laughs> I think, I think you'll really enjoy it. Okay. All right. Um, you know, the five to 7 a.m. practices, that's one thing. Then you got to rush back to campus and go to class. And oftentimes I see all in the afternoon in the weight room and on the ergs. How do you, how do you balance all that with being not only a student athlete and a rower, but just that shuffling and the schedule? How, how do you balance all of that? It's sometimes it's a miracle. You're like, how did I get all that done? But um, it's really, it all relies on your time management skills. And um, usually my day I get home from practice about 7.15 and I eat my first and second breakfast before 8 a.m. And I am uh, usually at class um, from 8 a.m. to about 6.30 doing homework. And in between there, I have about an hour to two hour workout in the afternoon and it varies from lifting or just putting some time in on the rowing machine. And it's really just knowing yourself and knowing um, your schedule essentially, and and hoping that you have the skills to be able to get it all done. Um, and I actually go to bed earlier than most rowers. I'm asleep by 7:38, but most of us go to bed 10:30 um, to midnight because the load is just too much. And so we run on very little sleep and a lot of work. <laughs> so it's a miracle most times. It is truly amazing. And then you guys are also, you know. Um heavily involved in a lot of community activities. And um, one thing that you are very, very involved in is our, our SAT group here, our student athlete advisory group. Um, tell us what that involves and why are you so passionate about it? You're part of the um, kind of the leadership of that group, but yeah. um, tell us about your involvement in SAC and some of your goals that you want to kind of grow that into for our student athletes. 
Yeah, so the SAC, as you mentioned, is a student athlete advisory committee, and we are essentially the voice of Western athletes to the NCAA. And of course, there's a couple steps in between there, but that's essentially what we are. And um, our goal is to make sure athletes are well taken care of and their needs are being met. And um, I am this year the president of the SAC committee. And last year was actually my first year. And I've been trying to get on, but all the upperclassmen have been taking my spot. <laughs> so I kind of pushed my way through to the top. <laughs> and uh, in the past, our goals have been trying to get our athletic community out to the Bellingham Committee and then to the um, kind of like the United States. We have been um, involved in Make-A-Wish Foundation for quite a number of years. And then we were the first um, SAC committee to kind of branch off the GNAC and kind of know we're going to focus on our own community here in Bellingham. And this year, because of COVID, we're not able to, you know, be so involved in the community. So the goal this year is trying to bring that sense of community back to the athletes because I feel like it's very segregated, sports segregated within our athletes, and there's not very much mingling. And I think like in times where we are put into groups, we have to make sure we feel like, yeah, we're an athletics program and we're, we're the athletes at Western and we're a group rather than just different sports. That is a great mission and goal. And I, I know I do all I can to try and help you all out because I, <laughs> I think that you guys have such a great vision and such a great voice. So keep up the great work with that. Thank um, you. You may have mentioned this a little bit earlier of what your goals will be, but in 10 years, where do you see yourself in your career? Oh man, I just hope I'm living a successful, happy life and in the state patrol. Um, other than that, that's just, that's my goal. That's where I want to be happy and successful. Um, going into that, have you always had an ambition? You know, sociology plays into the law enforcement side of things, but has this been something you've always kind of wanted to do? Um, or is it kind of when you got to college, you knew that the state patrol might be your calling card? Yeah, so all through middle school, high school, I wanted to be a counselor. That was that was it. And I was actually watching a TV show that had a cop on it. And I'm like, that would be cool. And uh, as I was working on my senior project, I was working it um, towards being a counselor. And I totally did a 360 to being um, a law enforcement officer. And for the longest time, I did not want to do state patrol. I did not want to lock myself in a car for hours on end. And uh but that was the only ride along I could get, get with was a trooper. And from then I just like, I fell in love with it. And then um, I have a friend of a friend who knows the head instructor at the Academy in Shelton. And he gave me an insider's tour of the Academy. And then I was just head over heels for, the, for it. And that's, that's been my goal ever since. Well, we look forward to following your career and hopefully as a, a state trooper and who knows, maybe you'll even be a, uh, uh, if things go right, you'll be up in Whatcom County and you'll be patrolling the roads. But uh, that is so awesome, Jessica. Now we get to have, we get to have a little fun. We, we talked about rowing. Okay. We talked about school. We talked about like Samish. But now I want to ask you some hard-hitting questions. Are okay. you ready? All right, I got to ask you, and this is going to be a no-brainer probably, but who's your funniest teammate? Oh, it's got to be Carly. She's so quick on her feet. <laughs> Carly's a, Carly Lant, amazing stand-up comedian uh, and just an awesome uh, teammate in Viking. Who is your sports role model? Oh, Rocky Balboa. My dad raised me on Rocky quotes. <laughs> wow, I love it. Sport you'd be playing if not rowing? Running, 100%. <laughs> uh, 
Who on your team is the first to arrive at Lake Samish for a 5 a.m. practice? Me. I try to be there about 15 minutes prior to practice, and everybody usually shows up about two minutes before. I love it. <laughs> Favorite pre-race meal or snack? Oh, so on the bus rides down to the race, I usually get a store-bought pre-made sandwich and chocolate milk. All right. Book <laughs> you have not been able to put down. Ooh. I think Adam by Ted Decker. It's a horror suspense book and it's so good. Favorite movie <laughs> of all time? Ooh, Ice Age. I used to watch it on VHS as a kid over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. You gotta love it. <laughs> Bellingham restaurant you frequent the most? Oh, that's gonna be Casa Cupasa downtown. And my favorite thing on the menu is the potato burrito. I was gonna say, it's gotta be the potato burrito. <laughs> gotta be it favorite class you've taken at western and uh what professor um, that's gotta be behavioral neuroscience in the psychology department with josh kaplan i love learning about the brain and as challenging as that course was it was awesome i loved every every lesson best study spot on campus that's gotta be the third floor of academic west because it's the warmest floor on campus that i found so far and after projects after practice, I'm usually really cold. That's great. It's a great view if you're up on the Sky Bridge too up there. Uh -huh. Do you have a dream car? Oh, that's got to be the 1970 Chevy Love. Wow, going old school. I love it. Oh, yeah. How many states have you visited? Oh, not many. I'm not one to enjoy traveling, but I've been from about South Dakota West in the United States, and then I visited... Virginia, and then Florida for nationals. Okay. Best road trip in the state of Washington you've taken? Ooh. Every year, my family, we take a road trip to the Tri-Cities for a concert, for like a three-day long concert. And it's always fun. We always look forward to it. Kennewick, Richland, great area over there. Mm -hmm. Do you have any hidden talents? Yeah, I actually love drawing. I do mandalas, so like circles with a whole bunch of designs in there. It takes a lot of time and effort, but I really enjoy it. Now, do you do that on paper or have you kind of moved on to like a lot of people are doing art now on iPad? So are you still on paper? Uh, I'm still pencil and pen on paper. All right. You're going to have to share one of those with us to put with this, with this podcast. <laughs> okay. Vacation destination you would most like to visit. Oh, I'd love to visit the Roman Colosseums. Just the history behind it would be so cool to see. All right. And I'm going to finish up with what I usually finish up with is, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, that's my dad quoted all the time. And I don't know if I can do the accent, but it's from uh, Mickey Goodmill from Rocky Five when he says, get up rock because Mickey loves you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You are a Rocky fan. I love it. <laughs> I am a Rocky fan. <laughs> Well, Jessica, man, I really enjoyed getting to know you. And I know our listeners are going to get to know, enjoy getting to know you in the rowing program and keep doing great things, both in the classroom, in the community, um, in the rowing program. And just, you always make us proud, but thank you so much for showing us a little bit about what you all do in that program. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Go Vikes. Go Vikes. <laughs>